0: to Salam Doll, the podcast where Muslim women don't fit the stereotypes, we break them. I'm your host Zara Pedersen. You can find this episode and the full archive of all the episodes on ZahraPedersen.com. Welcome to the show. Salam Doll and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Before we begin, I'd love to give out a great big thank you to all the listeners out there. Every single one of you who has listened in to all of the episodes or even just tapped into one of the episodes thank you so much for the support also i'd love to say thank you to everyone who has left a review and those of you who have contacted me directly on social media and told me your opinions on the podcast and shared your feedback with me i greatly appreciate it and lastly those of you who are screenshotting every time you're listening into an episode and sharing it on your social media and tagging me Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that. It is so appreciated. And I can't even begin to explain to you how valuable that is for anyone who's just starting up with a new project. So thank you guys so much for that support. It means so much to me and for the guests as well to know that you're listening in and enjoying the episodes. So please don't stop doing it, keep doing it. It is amazing um, what we can achieve when we're sort of supporting each other this way. Inshallah, this podcast will see many, many, many successful years because of everything that you guys are doing right now so thank you so much for that moving on to today's episode i'm very very excited to say that today's guest is suha el mesal so suha and i don't have a very long-standing relationship or friendship it was it's actually very very new um she contacted me a few months ago and asked me if i wanted to be a guest on her podcast and i accepted the invitation of course and i had an amazing conversation with her and truth be told is that suha and i we we just found out that we you know our energy's just it, it works you know it absolutely works so every time we have a conversation it hasn't lasted less than two hours I think the, the the shortest conversation we've had has lasted like two and a half hours but obviously for the sake of a you know podcast listening ease I'm not having a two hour conversation with her today although that would be very very easy for me but we have sort of narrowed it down a little bit more and I hope that you'll take a lot away from today's conversation so to give you a little bit of um, context about Suha Soha is the host of the Danish podcast called Scam that's the danish word for shameless and in this podcast she discusses the cultural phenomenon of shame and honor Uh, with regards to young women's role within minority societies. Suha is a qualified journalist who majored in the Syrian refugee crisis. She's also traveled and worked in the Middle East for several years and today she's married and she lives in Denmark with her husband. I am absolutely not gonna waste any more of your time listening to me because this conversation is fire and I can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, Ladies, please help me welcome Suha al Salam, Salaam Suha, how are you? Salam, Zahra, I'm fine. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you know what? It's my pleasure to have you here. Um, it's so exciting to have people who are doing so many amazing things. And you know, we just uh, a couple of days ago recorded for your podcast. And so it's such a pleasure to have you on my podcast as well, so that you can share your knowledge with my listeners. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it sounded as a really great uh, concept. So I thought, like, why not share uh, the message about the shame or being
0: shameless? <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, um, for our listeners, would you mind just uh, introducing yourselves, uh, you know, telling them a little bit about what you do? yes uh
1: well um, shortly i my name is uh, Suha soha and i am uh, 32 years old and i'm a journalist but i also work uh, at this uh, podcast project called shameless and have been doing that for the past month uh, with the corona going on. So that has been very interesting. But <laughs> I have actually been uh, inviting several women uh, to my platform to to share our stories, our struggles uh, being like minority women in, in Denmark and how we have been uh, kind of like uh, uh, fighting for our rights as, as women uh, and fighting um, to get rid of the destructive shame. Um, but uh, before, the, before I started doing this, I have been working in the humanitarian field. So I have been traveling a lot in the MENA region, working with uh, the refugee crisis and uh, different kind of uh, humanitarian uh, subjects. So I have been writing articles, making videos and different kind of media so this is still in in the field I'm used to to work with.
0: <laughs> so pretty much just like an all-around badass kind of woman.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what I, I, I thought like I had to kind of uh, make a break from like the professional flow and try to focus on like what is uh, inside and look um toward this uh, topic because it has been a very uh, heavily discussed uh, topic in Denmark, like uh, regarding mm-hmm. minority women and minority women's rights. And and I always feel that everyone else are talking about this matter, but not as much uh, the women themselves, like uh, us as minority women or Muslim women in, in the West. So I feel yeah, like why not like, create a platform and take just the lead and, and try to, to, to speak about this. Um, <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing that makes it so interesting. You know, um, when when you wrote me initially um, a while ago uh, in with regards to something completely different, but basically to be on the podcast uh, anyway. And I just love the concept so much because you're absolutely right. You know, there's some there's so much like shame and honor that is associated with, you know, s- some some ethnic heritages you know I'm Arabic so I know the concepts of shame and honor within the family and as a woman carrying that role or that responsibility for the family so I just thought oh my god I'm so happy that someone's talking about this because it's such a big subject and it's something that really um, carries not just in Denmark but all around the world we all know about this subject
1: exactly you know what is also a big taboo like it's something we we all know and we have all experienced um in our lives but uh, we are not uh, so good to speak about it and and especially not um, um in front of a microphone <laughs> so i thought yeah. like, <laughs> yeah exactly so, so i thought like this is not only like something important it's actually something that we need to to provoke a little bit around and we need like to push new voices to to speak about
0: yeah, absolutely. I think you're so right in this because there is so much shame actually associated with talking about the shame. And I think we're really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of ironic really, but you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because it is something that affects so many of us. And we're quite comfortable, generally speaking, talking about this behind closed doors with each other and making fun of these subjects. But when it comes down to it, a lot of this is actually really difficult for a lot of women to deal with and it is becoming quite problematic for a lot of women um having to withhold the whole honor of the family on her reputation potentially um so why do you think like it's being so difficult for us to actually go out there and publicly say no no more of this we demand different.
1: Yes, it is indeed. I'm really happy you are putting it together like this because I think you are touching like the core of the problem. Uh, Because I think as women and especially if you are raised uh, with a culture with the let's say like the collective shame or uh, like when, when what you do as a woman affects other people in the family uh, like it affects your your sister your mother maybe your cousins in another country and etc so actually um you you will feel like a huge burden from an early age but maybe you will not be really aware of of what what's going on here Um, and this burden will like will grow with you uh, and you will also feel because you are minority women um and as part of a minority in a country like denmark where we live it's very much uh, discussed in, in the media, like uh, rights of brown women and integrational problem and radicalization and et cetera. And it's like you, you are kind of, if you speak up or if you do anything, it's like you are speaking uh, in this discourse of all of these mm-hmm. issues, actually all of these very negative issues. So what I have uh, observed is, is happening is like many women are like putting strains on themselves and that they are putting like restrictions on on their right of speech because they don't want to put like extra pressure on muslim women or brown women in denmark so therefore they are like fighting this for themselves and they're trying to figure out a way out of the shame and out of this cultural pressure uh, by Mm -hmm. their own and that's actually very problematic because that's a huge thing and you know in in the danish history like women have have fought for their rights and uh, they have been fighting for several years i think like uh, they got the right to to elect like around 100 years ago so it's not mm. this long time ago but still it was like a collective battle but what i really miss with with the brown women's battle is like that we do it more together i miss like the solidarity i miss that we also can keep the right to speak about this in 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 public in the media yeah. also
0: Oh my god, you know, also I am I am nodding. I am not like for those of you who are just listening. Like I my head has not stopped nodding while you were speaking. You are touching on so many important t- uh, subjects right there. I could not agree with you more if I tried, honestly. <laughs> so I was like, yes, speak, sister, speak.
1: <laughs> and you know what? This is actually what I have been experiencing since I launched uh, the podcast. I have been receiving many messages and uh, also so like people i know women i know who have told me like you know what this is actually very important to raise this and i'm feeling the same way but i have never been able to uh, like express what i'm what i'm feeling toward this mm. um and it's also important for me to point out that what i'm saying right now is not like every single brown woman is experiencing this the same kind of battle that I have experienced because I have my mm-hmm. own like history uh, fighting for my own rights like I have been married um, I was married when I was um, 19 years old until I was um, 23 years old and then I got the divorce and especially after the divorce I can tell you mm-hmm. I, I learned a lot about the the more negative side of our culture like the yeah. Middle Eastern culture because the Middle Eastern culture is very beautiful in many ways but it also have this dark side right I think all cultures mm. has that so i just felt really like okay there are some issues here and i think there are other women maybe experiencing this these issues but also regarding other things regarding how we dress how we speak how we act um because i think that this uh, shame and honor culture that many mm. of us have um, in our luggage um, that our family have have been giving us uh, when we when we are raised um it's something that we we carry on sometimes unaware about how negative effect it has on, on, on our mental health so i just thought like it's very important to stop and to have a look at this shame and also to be like to speak uh, about it and, and and to be shameless because yeah. i think if you ask my mom or my mom's friends they will say you are definitely a shameless woman if you speak <laughs> in public about this. So I thought yeah. it, it was kind of a, a very funny, but also t- trying to provoke a bit. I thought, okay, the podcast is actually going to be called Shameless because yeah. <laughs> not to say that we have to um, to bash or to like say something negative about our cultures and our religion, but just to say, no, we don't. Uh, we don't accept these circumstances, and we don't want this kind of shame about us, our, our personalities and our bodies and our like thoughts and, and mine.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And I think it's so interesting because you said it as well yourself, you know, that this is something that we've been carrying for so long, you know, it's something that we're so used to. It's ingrained in our culture, our heritage that we're, we don't even really think about the amount of damage it could actually really do to us as women as people as citizens in especially in countries where that type of culture really you know differs from what the majority of people are actually doing that's when you really start noticing you know as us you and i here in denmark as brown ethnic Muslim women, we really see the clashes between cultures all of a sudden. And we realize that that shame associated with a part of our heritage, Exactly. Is really damaging, you know. <laughs> sure, it is, it is, and
1: it's also not only like in the society. Um, because I will say, like, what is going on in, in the society that is one battle, but what's going on inside of us, that's a huge battle, you know? It's like a process when you are raised, um, and that maybe if you are someone who are raised with two cultures or parents with two different religion maybe you can relate a bit. It can be difficult to to find out, like, how can I balance these two uh, parts of me? Um, Mm -hmm. And what my conclusions have been in my own, like, um, uh, journey is, like, you cannot throw one part out of you because I define myself as a Danish woman, as a career woman, but I also define myself as an Arabic Muslim woman. Um, Mm -hmm. And both uh, sides are equal inside of me. Um, yeah. so I, I I don't like to be honest the discourse um in the Danish media both in in the polit- political debate but also in general in in how media are speaking about our issues like our um our struggles as brown women because yeah. it's always been 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 speaking spoken like um we are part of this religion or this culture and this is the problem and then we hear like, single uh, very very uh, tragic and and negative stories about some few women who are experiencing this but we Mm. don't hear like the solutions or we don't hear different voices of women of brown women because actually brown women they are the one who are never asked uh, really about this it's more yeah. like politicians. It's more like everyone else than than us. And I also feel so many. Many women are feeling like the fear to speak up because it's not really normalized yet. It yeah. feels like we 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 as this. Um, because I am I I am, I am like a second generation because my parents came um, in 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 the nineties to Denmark. They fled to Denmark from Lebanon and Syria. So I yeah I define myself as second generation and as a second generation I'm also the first uh, woman. In my family to have um, a master's degree i'm the first woman in my family who is, has choos, chosen this um, career as a journalist and the first mm-hmm. one who who chose to to get a divorce like and just to say to the community i want to live my own life you know so that's yeah. not easy also it's not because my my family are evil but because i'm the first so we are like yeah. as the first <laughs> of doing this yeah. we have to to take a responsibility and we have to find our ways and yeah, you're paying we, away. Yeah, exactly. And we are not like I I, I didn't really choose this role, but this is this is how things are. Like I am a part of Mm -hmm. of a history and uh, society, society like development. So I could choose either to be a role model for others and try to speak up and to try to to strengthen this solidarity. Or I can see myself as this victim that the media are trying
0: to to make me to Mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah, Um, yeah, exactly. I think uh, just uh, very quickly, because I don't know um, if. Other countries know what you mean when you say second generation. I'm not sure. So in Denmark, we have like first generation immigrants. That's what they say. And then instead of saying, well, your children then are Danish, in Denmark, they say your children are second generation immigrants exactly. and, yeah. and their children are third generation immigrants. <laughs> <And> yeah, <laughs> yeah, so they continuously roll the ball, which is very racist and discriminating. And it's a huge issue here in the country. That was a little, I diverted there, but it's just to like clarify for the listeners who might not be aware what she meant, uh, what Suha meant when she said uh, second generation. Uh, But that was basically it. But you're really touching on some really, really good points there. You know, you're you're saying, you know, they're talking about us, but never with us. You know, that that they're talking about our struggles as ethnic women, or I'm I'm going to say struggles in quotation marks. But you know, as listeners, I'm putting it in quotation marks (laughs) um, because they 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 disassociate the problem with the real things, and they try to associate it with being Muslim. And they're kind of missing the point, and they're trying to save us by doing, I would say, wrong things.
1: Exactly. But it's also um, sometimes um, the discourse in, in, in the media is also as if all brown women want exactly the same liberation as Danish women wanted when they fought for their liberation. Um, mm. And that's uh, also a bit um, of, of, of a problem because I think... Um, it's not all uh, minority women, and especially not all Muslim women, who want to look exactly like and like the the average Danish woman and to Absolutely. wear the same clothes. Not because uh, the Danish woman is better or the, or the minority woman is better, but I see it as like many women maybe feel or many Muslim women maybe feel the pressure to maybe. Um, Wear a miniskirt, or maybe to yeah. take off the hijab, or maybe to—I don't know—to be this career woman and not um, being being able to to have many kids. I don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. Like it can be very individual. Oh no, yeah. we know what they yeah. want.
0: I mean, we have the politician Matthias Tisfe here who says exactly. that, that, that music, <laughs> as a Muslim woman, you need to have sex outside marriage, and we need to legalize that. Or I don't know what he's babbling about. But you know, they yeah. definitely want us to go down a, an avenue that they feel that that's the. Right way, but not all women want to have sex before marriage, Muslim or not. You know, <laughs> so
1: that is exactly the, the the communication and the way that, um, for instance, the politicians are using um, can be very prov- provocative. And I and I am not saying that we don't have these issues in the community because I hope also today we can speak more about the issues inside the minority mm. community inside the Muslim community because definitely we have issues and we have some oh problems. I can go right? on on that subject <laughs> yeah exactly but but still I, I need to like um when we speak about this subject um I think we all have to be very aware of how sensitive it is because mm-hmm. we we cannot just um be naive and say like okay we are just speaking about this we are just speaking what we think we are speaking up our mind no we have to look on the general discourse we have to look at the past actually i think 20 years in denmark there have been a specific like the like a discourse where uh, maybe many minority uh, groups feel like that they can't they're not allowed to to keep some of their uh, roots and traditions and religion maybe some of them feel a little bit um, the pr- pressure like to 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 move away from what they have with them um and also the islamophobia has been have been growing, but it's also like um it's also linked with all the international things going on in the in the world with radicalization and et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to speak about pol- politics only today, but I'm not just saying that um we have to we have to make like a line and looking like at things uh, at th- what they are. So we cannot say that because we have an issue with v- radicalization, then we have an issue with all Muslims because they have the same religion that one person. Um, mm. Because, I mean, we spoke about that last time, like we, when we look in the world, there have been other idiots doing like very, very mean and bad things to human beings. And that's also not accepted, but we cannot speak about it as if it was an ethnical or religious thing. Yeah, it's um, so your response yeah exactly so that's why what that's why i'm trying with shameless podcast to speak with my guests about how can we speak about our battle uh without being like speaking in the same discourse but trying to to um, uh creating another discourse if that makes mm. sense yeah, trying to change the narrative. To, Exactly, like trying to speak uh, about our own narrative, speaking about our own issues without like uh, making other people taking our narrative and putting it in, in a specific discourse, you know? Yeah. So that's very, that's actually part also of Shameless, that we are creating our own narrative. We are fighting to um, to claim our rights, cra- claiming our mm-hmm. rights in, in the minorities, but also claiming our rights to, to speak about our battle as individuals, not as part of a religion, not. As as part of an minority groups
0: um, and, and to say how we want to be liberated. Um, exactly, and I, I think that, that that's a really good point. Again, you know, I I went um, uh, last year I went to speak at this event, and um, there's this Danish uh, feminist um, called Canvas. Uh, you'll probably you'll know, but yeah, but, oh yeah, my international <laughs> listeners, which is a famous yeah. uh, Danish feminist, and she was at the event as well, and she was speaking, and um, we were talking about like some of the the, the battles we were taking today as uh, ethnic women. And she made a comment and said, Well, we did that fight, but we did it in the 70s. And although I kind of agreed with her, there was also a part of me that was like, But we're not fighting the same battle because while you're, you were burning bras in the 70s, was that in the 70s? I feel like there was 70s. While yeah. you were burning your yeah. bras, we're not burning our bras. We're just trying to get some different battles. So actually, even though we're both fighting feministic, you know battles they're two very very different battles you know very very separate battles Mm. and can you speak in on that a little bit
1: yeah and you you are right um and just to start with, like um, canvas, I think the the, the battles she have been taking—it's it's very like it's very great what she had done regarding that. And at that time, uh, because what she and other feminists have done in Denmark and in the West, of course, that that is that is was supporting me in my battle and making me feeling more comfortable speaking about my rights as a woman um, in Denmark. So uh, yeah, she had done a great job. But what she mm-hmm. sometimes is doing, like in 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 her posts or in how she speaks. It, it, it's like she is not accepting like um, for instance a woman wearing a, a scarf or a hijab to be part of the battle oh, it's, it's like she, she is indicating that um, a certain dress code a certain muslim dress code is not can cannot be part of this uh, battle Mm-hmm. Um, for 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 women's right, and I feel that's kind of problematic because, as you, as you said, like we are a different uh, group, we have a different culture, and definitely we also want um, uh, women to have the right to speak, the right to dress as they want, and the right to speak their mind without f- feeling fear and all of that. But I think we also have to make space for all kind of women in Denmark, including the women wearing a scarf, because they are also part of the society and they should also have the rights to to find a good job and they have, and what she sometimes is um, neg- neg- neglecting um, or not like ex- uh, seeing maybe is that many of these women are facing huge discrimination in the society so there have okay. been like um, this uh, survey done in Denmark very recently and it showed that actually women wearing a scarf they have to apply 60% more for a job to get to, to than than an average woman not wearing a scarf to get to get a job interview and i find mm. this really sad really yeah. like stop at this at, at this fact this is really sad that we are having this in denmark because i feel like um all women should 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 have the ability to choose what they want to wear because, again, mm-hmm. how, how is that better than a man, a patriarch, telling a woman uh, to to wear something, uh, forcing her to do something? This is also like um, um, it's also like uh, something that is forcing the, the woman to taking off her hijab. And that's also mm-hmm. problematic. So, yeah, I think, okay, we are not uh, burning our bras as brown minority women, <laughs> but maybe we are fighting <laughs> in a different way. And maybe we are... Maybe we are fighting for a different liberation and our fight is also different. It's more like uh, shattered. It's not like uh, one battle and it's not like we are fighting in an historical frame because as you mentioned, like um, there are many migrant groups, uh, refugee group who came to Denmark at a different time with a different background. So Mm -hmm. we are actually very much different. Um, We are fighting for different stuff. Uh, We are fighting in a different way. And some women, they are not ready to raise their voice and tell what they have been experiencing. So that's also what I'm trying to do uh, through Shameless. It's also like to try to create and raise the solidarity across different kind of women. Uh, So we are also speaking um, for women who can't raise their voice at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think it's you're raising such an important point there because it is definitely something that is worth considering. And I'm wondering if you've also considered, I'm sure you have, uh, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, because the thing that separates the brown, ethnic woman, minority, Muslim woman's Uh, a feministic battle, so to speak, is that we're not a homogenous group. You know, we've got Arabs, Indians, Pakistanis, we've got Americans, we've got, you know, people from Albania, we've got people from everywhere and we're a minority. This is what we have in common, especially in places like Denmark, I know in England, London, places like this as well uh, is the same thing, but we're such a scattered group. We've got so many different backgrounds so that when, when someone who... Is a minority such as myself, who is a Muslim such as myself, who is a woman such as myself, but speaks on a culture or a tradition that happens. Let's say in Albania, mm-hmm. I'm all of a sudden, I can't connect anymore because that's not what I know as a Moroccan Danish girl. So, how do you bring about a group of women fighting essentially, roughly speaking, the same battle uh, against this shame and honor? but we're coming at it from such different angles exactly and that's really an an important question because
1: i think that is the that is the issue sometimes uh, when we look at how it has been in denmark because in denmark i think for the past 8 years we have had brave women um, speaking in the public debate about um, honor shame about uh, social control i don't know if you want to explain (laughs) what that is later (laughs) but that is a very used term in denmark and uh, speaking about the the struggle of 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 the brown women in certain communities in denmark because Mm. i think what we have to acknowledge first of all is like yeah um it's not all women actually i don't think it's it, uh, it's most brown women who are experiencing, um, let's say, uh, early marriage, or uh, their parents wanted to wanted to decide what they are wearing, or like they to be oppressed. Most of them they don't, but there are some women who are experiencing this stuff. And I was one among uh, many women who experienced that uh, when I when I got my divorce, mm. I experienced the shame from the community. I experienced. Uh, suddenly after five years of marriage that I wasn't uh, worth the same or I couldn't do the same things because I didn't have a man on my side and that shame didn't come inside of me or like it didn't even come really from my parents because I think my parents they could see that this is not good and yeah, maybe it's the best decision she took for herself, but because of the pressure in the community, because we have this uh, culture of gossiping sometimes, this is not a very <laughs> positive part of the, our culture, but sometimes like people, because maybe they do it out of love, maybe they do it out of uh, their board, I don't know, but they, they keep an extra eye on, on, on women. So mm-hmm. I really felt that was, I, I was really kept an eye uh, uh, on and I really felt really like, uh, um that I wasn't worth the same as a man and that was really, really a problem and I could have ended up, I don't know, I could have ended up marrying some idiot or someone I didn't want to be with just to get out of this or I I could have ended up staying in my marriage and maybe getting kids which would have been very uh, tragic for the kids Mm -hmm. because it wasn't a well-functioning marriage but in the end I, I, I succeeded to get out of the marriage, I succeeded to get out of the pressure and then I traveled the world, I had this chance kind of to get this thing um, behind me, so I know that this is also going on in Denmark. It's not only something going on in Pakistan and blah, blah, mm-hmm. but of course we 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 experience different level of that. But the but what you ask about, like how we can um, how we can kind of combine our our battles, how we can create solidarity across. This is actually the important point because I think it's very it can be a very lonely battle if you want to fight against um society and norms and shame by yourself but if you are standing together with your sisters from different countries um you will feel strength you will feel that you're not alone and you can together discuss uh, solutions you can together um, speak about your emotions because it's it's definitely not something easy it has a really, a huge uh, psychological and mental like impact on you. So you need to to know that you are not the only one, and you need to know how what to do. Because I didn't have a guideline when I when I experienced this kind of shame. I didn't have someone to hold my hand uh, and tell me it's going to be okay. This is normal. Like you are not the only one, and 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 help me to to understand myself. And I also felt like all my identity was like kind of taking away from me. Uh, and then I took some decisions (laughs) I Mm -hmm. decided to remove my hijab I I decided to travel I decided to uh, insist on living alone by myself uh, and to find my way by by myself so that was actually to speak about my own emotions that wasn't easy because I haven't been um, I haven't been prepared to take such a step by myself. <laughs> so it felt and yet like you
0: did it. I, mean, I don't know I it. <laughs> <much>. <laughs>
1: But that was many years ago. But when I when I look around and when I look back, I really don't want other women. I don't want my future daughter or my uh, younger sister because I'm the oldest at home and uh, I have six younger uh, yeah. uh, sisters and brothers. So I'm like really thinking about like how can we change it for the next generations? Because I I
0: really feel it's sad if we if we still are having these issues. Um, Absolutely. And that's the thing. I mean, I think, again, um, it's the whole thinking that you have to go through it alone, that there isn't really much of a discussion or talk or, or know how about these subjects. We know that they're happening, but we're not like there's no real support network group, anything where it feels safe to go in as potentially a divorced young woman to talk about. Well, actually. Um, there's no shame in being divorced. Good for you for not staying in a loveless marriage or whatever else it might have been. Potentially even worse. And you know, oh well, good for you for taking off your hijab if you, that's not really what you wanted or whatever. Like we don't have these conversations openly. So when you're going through that as an ethnic woman, it it feels much more lonely. And I guess also. When you're living in a country that isn't, uh, you know, predominantly a Muslim country, like here in Denmark, where it is a Christian country, and you're already mm. a minority, and you're yeah. kind of feeling attacked, I suppose, by the po- the political side, the government, you know, already, because Denmark, let's be honest, is not the most embracing warm country. <laughs>
1: Uh, (laughs) no i mean also like it's it's also um when when you want to to raise your voice and tell your story i also want to tell my own story i don't want just to tell um the story that fits into this pattern in the media of how um brown women usually are experiencing these uh, things because um, regarding the hijab i remember like i removed my hijab yes because um in the first hand it was because I, I felt the need to to figure out who I was. I was very young, and I have I I I wore the hijab when I since I was twelve until I was twenty three. So it was actually many years, and I think I just felt like I want to figure out who who I am, and I want to travel. And actually, I, I would love to be like uh, anonymous, like you know, people not knowing mm-hmm. who, who I who I am. So this was one part, and I also wanted to experience different things without people judging me, without feeling that I have to be this honorable Muslim woman (laughs) wearing the scarf. Mm. Um, But on the other hand, um, I also felt kind of, because I was wearing the hijab when I I went out in, in society, in the Danish society, I felt like people looked at me differently. People looked at me in a certain way. In a way, I, I didn't understand at that time, but it wasn't a way I liked. It was like as if I was, um, I don't know, it was like I was uh, someone uh, that uh, they didn't understand. And I got really weird questions like if I met someone for the first time, they will ask me, so why are you wearing this? And do you sleep with it? Do you shower with it? Do we, You know, all of these questions. But it was sometimes you can also meet like people really feeling like, Kind of you are an alien i don't know how to describe it it just felt very 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 weird and i was really afraid that is that was going to affect me and that i couldn't travel i wouldn't feel uh, safe if i traveled and or that i wouldn't get the good job i have been fighting for and studying for so i felt like okay i also feel this is a huge pressure i want to remove this pressure and i think that allah or god (laughs) will like forgive me so this was also like a part of my story um, and I think sometimes in the media, when when we hear about uh, Muslim women removing the hijab or like getting getting away from their culture or something, it's like of they got rid of everything, they hate everything about their culture. But mm-hmm. in my in like in my case, it wasn't like that. It was like some things in my culture, but also some things in the way the Danish society are looking at a woman like me. That was yeah. also a problem.
0: And that's the thing, I guess, as well, and which is why your podcast is so relevant in a place like Denmark, because, you know, we have certain things where sometimes it feels like, well, you know, we want to make a break as Muslim brown women, um, ethnic women in Denmark. There's certain things that we want to sort of um fight against. But the sort of the narrative, the conversation, the debate in Denmark will always try and twist it so that Islam becomes the problem or sort of the enemy. And so the kind of stories you hear about is where is you know, you needed to be rescued from this oppression of Islam. And I guess your podcast is bringing a different narrative to that story because you've got guests on who are not necessarily saying Islam made my life bad. It is Islam is still a big part of my life. The culture is Mm -hmm. the problem. The environment is the problem. The traditions or, you know, some of these things are have proven to be problematic and we can't do anything about it when we've got a government that is discriminating us on top of ourselves discriminating
1: ourselves. Exactly. That's, that's uh, very, very important to say. And also um, in most cases, um, it's, it's also what, what's going on, Like it's that um, Islam is used as a tool uh, to oppress women. But that doesn't necessarily mean that this is like uh, Islam, like uh, 100%. Like if you if you are if you are a Muslim man, that you have to um, oppress your daughter or oppress your woman. It's not like that. But I think that there are some there are some uh, things in 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 Islam, and there are some things uh, with Muslim practicing Islam they are using some things in the religion to oppress women and it's mm-hmm. exactly here where i want
0: us to be more honest to discuss these things more openly
1: uh, i agree
0: yeah. i wanted to also just you know clarify that point as well mm-hmm. you know it's not that islam is the problem it's that the way that some people use islam against each other um to fearmonger to shame people into doing things and and to keep them in a position where they don't feel that they have any power or at least where they feel like they're going against god you know which nobody wants to do that but some people are very good at turning that into sort of like a way of using islam to keep people in a grip that can be very uncomfortable and in reality might not even be islam it might just be a very weird twisted interpretation of what they have read
1: (laughs) yeah exactly but 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 the problem is that they are using something like in islam let's let's say for instance uh, when, when a Muslim woman got a divorce it's or want to get a divorce it's much easier for the man to get a divorce than a woman mm. because he can just say a word he can say talak then she Mm. is divorced. But a woman, she has to uh, go to the imam, she has to go to the court, she has to fight for her right to get a divorce. And that's an issue. Of course, that's an issue. And if you don't want to acknowledge that we have women in Denmark fighting for the right to get a divorce, fighting for for the right to get um, their rights, like their economical rights after divorce, then I think you are really letting your sisters down. If you are a Muslim yeah. and, you, and, you, and you want to, to defend Islam, like, then you are not defending your sisters in, in Islam. So that's really, that really makes me sad. Um, but it's also just like uh, regarding if you are a woman um, and you, 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 that's more controversial, of course. <laughs> but if you are a Muslim woman and you say, I want to have a boyfriend, I don't want to get married, I don't want to practice my religion that way. Then you will have a wave of maybe uh, if you do that in public, you will have a wave of people accusing you for being a bad Muslim or if you're not weighing the scarf or if you are not, um, you know, living in the traditional Muslim way uh, that people consider is an okay way. Then people will criticize you. They will gossip about you. And here again, I'm like, I, I, I don't know what is the right, uh, you know, uh, uh, ideal Muslim, but I just know that gossiping about people and, and digging your nose in people's business, that's not a good Muslim, uh, you know, practice, right? Yeah, and oh I'm like, <laughs> this is an issue also, because we have also to distance things uh, from each other. We have to, to um, make people know that, that this is not okay, that they try to tell other women what to do and what not to do. And if a woman mm. chooses not to do that, then they have to leave her alone. Like, it's, it's her own right. It's a, a business betwe- between her and, and, and God. Like, I don't understand why people have to, like, um, yeah, gossip and interfere in, in people's life. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's definitely one of the more toxic traits of being human, for sure. I mean, I think that's what your podcast is why so interesting and also so relevant is because it really touches on all of these types of subjects. And it really brings, you know, that whole shame of it up, you know, because that's basically what they're doing when they're trying to gossip is they're trying to shame you into conforming with what they believe is right again, you know. So I think that's really, really interesting. I can see we're coming up on time. We've got about five minutes left um, Mm -hmm. before we're going to end up this um, um, this episode I mean we could continue talking we have in the past <laughs> <you know? Yeah. laughs> I'm sure um, but I, I definitely just want to see if there's anything that you really want to get up you know that you feel like you haven't really said anything yet of that you want to speak up before we finish up the um, the podcast
1: uh, I just want to to uh, again uh, repeat that I think it's very important that Every woman should keep and fight for her right to define her own narrative, um, to to fight for her own rights, and to get rid of the the toxic shame that that comes from from the community, and mm. that she is completely in, in in like right about like claiming her own uh, equality and her own rights, um, and I think every woman should define like the way she wants her life to look like, and not to get affected by. Uh, either Muslim uh, people or politicians or other people who have a saying in how she should live her life. Um, and I'm not trying through the podcast to say that there are some people who are evil and there are some kind of Muslims who don't fit into this battle. I think actually what we need is to speak more with each other and to try to be have more solidarity across, even if we are religious or not, uh, because I think this is something that our future children daughters especially, hopefully, can benefit from, that we are taking the lead on on this. Um, And I also believe that uh, change really doesn't come like um, with one podcast or with one act or with one political uh, law. I think change comes slowly and it starts with acknowledgement and it starts with solidarity and start with us looking uh, each other in the eyes and understanding uh, the suffering of our sisters and brothers in the community as general, but also in the minority communities. Um, and I just want to say I know that discrimination and Islamophobia are great uh, struggles for some people. They feel that that this is the greatest problem. But we also have to remember that women, uh, especially our Muslim sisters, they are also experiencing different kind of battle. this This might be like the greatest um, battle in their life. So we should try to listen and be more supportive, even if we are not experiencing exactly the same. Um, and if we don't know, we can try to speak to different kind of women, different kind of people yeah and try to to understand that how this could look like in other people's life so yeah
0: absolutely <laughs> one more question sorry just uh that i just you know thought of when you were saying this as well or like like that made me think of it is you know there's there's things like you know like you setting up a podcast this podcast you know bringing on different narratives to the story trying to get more perspectives and so on and so forth but this battle against sort of like the shame in, in within the Muslim communities, the kind of shame that we're carrying as women and stuff. Do you see that only as the woman's battle? Or do you see the men also contributing? I mean, do, is this just something that we as women have to do on our own? Is this something that if a brother is listening to this podcast, for instance, and he thinks, wow, that's actually I never thought of it this way. What can I do? Can he do anything? I mean, where where do you see this, this
1: No, I mean, this is definitely a collective battle both uh, women and men have to take together. Um, I have been contacted also by men saying that they are also um, experiencing this. And of course, they are also struggling, but it's maybe a different struggle because they are the one being accused to be this patriarch, to be this uh male uh, uh, who are uh, oppressing uh, the women so no uh, of course we have to do it uh, together but we we have to start understanding like how this uh, social structure is, is functioning and the role of women regarding honor and shame in some cultures and how women sometimes can be like very um because the religion or some some parts of the religion can be used against her in some certain situations. So I think we have to start listening to the women and trying to get them to speak. And then I believe that we have to get, like, speak together and how it, we can solve this, speak with the also religious actors in the communities um, who want to to take the lead, who want to take responsibility. Because, of course, I, I think we need more people to, to take responsibility instead of just saying, no, we we are not like this, like the media are describing, this is just racism, this is just Islamophobia. No, but we have to look inside our own communities and to see how can we solve the problems because they are definitely there. Of course they are there, there are problems everywhere. Um, and I think it's it, it can be very helpful to use the possibilities that the technology and social media are offering us. I'm really happy also that you are creating your podcast and your platform And I know that many young people, they're also starting to speak up because we have actually a new reality uh, with the technology. Uh, A few years ago, maybe you will have to wait for a journalist to come and give you the microphone and and to say to you, like, can you tell me what you are experiencing? What kind of battle are you fighting as a woman? But today we can, we, we don't have to wait we can take the microphone ourselves, we can create our own platform to share our own realities. Actually, we have also a power in this new reality, and this is exactly what I'm trying to use in Shameless. So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I, and I have to say, I mean, because you said yourself in the beginning, you know, you've been doing this podcast now full time for about a month. And, you know, I think if anything, um, we can see how big of a need there is for us to discuss these subjects because you've seen within this first month, great success already, great listening, uh, listeners coming on, you know, so there's great success. And I think that really is a testament to how much we're so ready to discuss some of these more difficult, more heavy subjects as well. Exactly. And sometimes maybe you feel like I, I felt I had the choice of
1: being like a bystander or to be shameless and start speaking as maybe one of the first in Denmark. So I was like, if this is to be shameless, then I'm shameless. I don't care because I know in my heart, like I'm not uh, telling women to, uh, yeah, to be uh, very uh, rude and, you know, to say mm. negative things about their culture. I'm actually telling women to, to, to take the power back, to, to take this word, shameless and make it for as their own and as well mm. as their own battle and as well as taking the narrative back. So I want actually women empowerment here. And definitely, I want our brothers to, to, to join us. And also, if there are some pro- progressive religious uh, actors, please, we need you. Come on, and let's do this together instead of just sitting and being mad and being feeling uh, that we are being talked about. So we have always have a choice. And I know maybe f- for you and me, because we have this media background, uh, it can feel more natural to start these kind of things, but I think um, if you don't have it, I think that there are many people who are feeling the same frustration today. I can yeah, assure you that because I have been speaking with a lot of people <laughs> during the last week. So if you don't have these abilities, you can uh, maybe uh, partner up with someone else or you can find someone who can help you to, to create the platform, but we definitely
0: need, need all voices. Definitely. And um, you can all find uh, Suha's podcast on uh, anywhere that you stream podcasts, actually, really. It is in Danish. Uh, so if you don't speak Danish, um, you know, go in and, and give her five stars anyway, because she's doing an amazing job um, regardless. So and for those of you who do speak Danish, you know, go in and, and, and subscribe and listen. You're definitely not going to want to miss out on on this. This girl's going places. Suha, uh, for all our listeners who might want to connect with you, where they, where can they find you? They can find the podcast on Apple Podcast. And
1: there is a Facebook page called Scamloose which is shameless in Danish. You can find me. I speak Arabic also. If some of you have an issue or anything you want to raise or
0: make me aware of, please give me your comment and your feedback. I really love that. That's so mm. great. Um, all the links I'm going to have in the show notes. So if you're wondering how to spell scum loose in Danish, <laughs> it's, it's, it's with one of those o's yeah. that's wearing a corset that's not quite tightened um so there you go Soha. thank you so much for being a part of this um podcast today this take I, I know we had a little bit of trouble with the technicals before thank you for being so patient it was really really fun having this conversation with you Thank you for having me. And then don't worry, we all have this kind
1: of technical issue.
0: (laughs) We learn a lot through that. You would have thought like a year of being social online would have had like everybody being like experts online, but like, no, no.
1: Exactly, it happens for everyone. But thank you really, Zara. I'm really happy that you are taking these uh, subjects, that you are also giving a platform for uh, different uh, strong women to speak up about this. Uh, because definitely, as uh, as I said before, we need
0: as as many voices as, as possible to, to speak Absolutely. up. And I'm so happy that we have yours here in Denmark. Alhamdulillah. Thank, thank you so you. much, Zara. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. If you want to connect with me elsewhere, you can find the links to my socials on zarapederson.com. Before you go, I'd love it if you could leave me a review or tell a friend about the podcast. And if you're new here, you might as well subscribe. You'll be back. I know it. You know it. There's no point in delaying the commitment. Welcome to the sisterhood, babe. Until next time, please don't forget to live in love.